Hi everybody and welcome to another installment of Did You Bring Earplugs Singles. I don't know why I said it's sexy. It's not like nights or anything. It's just singles. <laughs> so I guess the word singles sort of implies some sexiness. Singles. <laughs> um, so our, our last mainline episode was about our hometown heroes and that got us thinking um, boy, we used to consume music in a pretty different way than we do these days. Um, I think most of us, uh, probably in terms of sheer hours per day, um, use streaming services. Um, they're just very convenient um, to some detriment, but we won't get into that. Um, and then we are all, you know, inseparable hipsters and have vinyl collections of, of a certain size. Um, but uh, today we're just gonna we're just gonna sort of uh, dial back the clock and reminisce about how we used to get music. Um, and uh, Mike, I think wh- why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, so I mean, I didn't really start collecting music until I was thirteen. Like I, I was a late bloomer. Uh-huh. Um, my brother, my older sister, had extensive. Uh, you know, tape collections, CD collections. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would always bomb or, you know, listen to their albums. And the first album I ever bought was uh, at Target, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication, to Uh uh, really date it there. And yeah, so when I didn't know any better, like I, you know, would get Target like back in the day, like I feel like depending on the location, they've kind of amassed a, a more varied collection. But back in the day, it was like just the biggest bands, you know, like, yeah. I think even back then, it was just like a small like end cap, really, that had like the biggest bands. And only over time did it extend to like, you know, multiple aisles. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was there was yeah, there was maybe two. There was one aisle, you know, on both sides and very short a through z was the whole was the whole thing you know like yeah you could you could walk up and down that's the whole selection yeah i i've even been to some targets like city targets that have vinyl selections that's cool yeah Yeah. a lot of them do now it's nuts but eventually i ended up like i I don't know if i'd say upgrading but eventually like a borders opened up in a town nearby Mm. so we'd make treks you know there and me and my sister, you know, she was back into Harry Potter at the time. So she was there just reading books and finding new stuff. And, and you know, I eventually Rowling got her is amazing. Music. She'll never do anything wrong. I don't know why your sister's British in this case. <laughs> so, yeah, we would make like half a Sunday out of it, you know, go there, oh, get their freaking caramel macchiato or whatever, walk around, listen pure. to samplings of records, mm-hmm. you know maybe buy things here or there if we had a coupon so it didn't cost an arm and a leg. Sure. Yeah, and, and I feel like uh, buying albums at Borders was usually, you're, you're usually paying like a 20% increase on, on those prices. Right? So expensive. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah for sure. For but sure. by contrast, what you were saying, like it was one of the only places that you could sample the albums. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was like when I, you know, started to actually listen to and appreciate music other than just like you know what was around the house or friends were listening to you know ventured off into my own and then from there it transitioned into you know downloading it illegally limewire and then you know uh pandora radio was a big thing Mm -hmm. you know going through college and then eventually spotify came around and i i have such an old spotify account that um 
I never linked with a Facebook account, like, and I deleted my Facebook account before that was a, became a thing. So yeah. my user profile is literally like 16 or 18 digits of just numbers. Wow. That's my uh, Spotify ID. So. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I was going to say I, I've, I've, Oddly enough, made a very recent music purchase from a bookstore from Barnes and Noble, and it was when I sort of in a panic, I wanted to buy my dad uh, Heim's first record for Christmas mm-hmm. one year, and they were sold out everywhere, like like unexpectedly, and I, and I had to go to a Barnes and Noble, and yeah, I think it was like sixty five dollars. No, not really, but it was like very expensive, and I was like, still, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, uh, the the mental image of you and your sister, you know, just spending hours at a at a at a Borders is is very pure and very good. Yeah, I, I do miss Borders. I'm surprised that. They lost over Barnes and Noble, but I, I, you know, I've shopped at both since then, and I'm pretty sure Barnes and Noble definitely had like a better book club membership, which I think kind of kept a lot of mm. their business around. And they had the Nook; um, they they were hanging in there for a while based on yeah, the, their e-reader. Yeah, that too, the e-reader. That's true. But Border was just too too expensive, and it didn't really like fit inside the marketplace as digital became so prevalent. Yeah. So, yeah, affected. Oh well. Uh, uh, so you said that the first CD that you bought was uh, "Californication" by the Red Hot Chili mm-hmm. Peppers. Um, yeah. Do you remember? So CD CDs often came in like one of those theft-proof protective cases, right? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember if it was like the one that was sized similarly to the jewel case, or did it have that big appendage that you could almost use like a handle? Do you remember those? Yeah. They're, they're like yeah. three feet long. In like the bottom, which was the tracking mechanism, uh-huh. ironically looked like an old tape ca- cassette, yeah. like the bottom of it <laughs> yeah. that feeds into uh-huh. a tape cassette player. Yep. Um, yeah, which is always funny to see that on a CD. It looked like it was a cassette attachment. Yeah. A clear plastic, chunky kind of safety. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, CDs are so compact. You can really stock your shelves unless you put them in these gigantic dumb things. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they didn't have the same goody, uh, you know, high-tech anti-theft devices, the tags or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember those at Tower Records, too. Um, was there, a, d- did you ever run into any troubles uh, uh, buying CDs with parental advisory stickers? You guys remember those? Uh, no, because I was a late bloomer, like Californication, I think I bought it because my mom was there. And I think that one is labeled explicit. I don't um, remember, but it, I, I can see it being that. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't think anything was wrong with it. And yeah. then like heard a few songs on there, you know, uh, like purple stain. And she's like, what the hell did you buy? <laughs> you, just, you just play your scar tissue over and over again. You're like, this is the only song, Bob. I promise. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no real big issues. Yeah. Like our parents weren't, that's strict on like language or anything more uh-huh. so like moral combat was the only thing they, uh, the really glaringly, they rolled over for Simpsons real quick. Hmm. South park. We were old enough at that point. They're like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. So. Hmm. Yeah. I, I was not allowed to watch South park uh, during the first. Oh, I, was, seasons. I wasn't either. And my sister had a Limp Bizkit CD. It was parental advisory. And my uh-huh. parents moved her car one day and they're like, Oh no. <laughs> and she had to get rid of it. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's bad luck. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, I didn't even try. Yeah, my parents first became aware of it. Uh, um, a grade school friend of mine bought me Adam Sandler's um, What the Hell Happened to Me on CD. Um, oh, yeah. And that had a big parental advisory sticker. And they, they didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, but my cousin, um, who, yeah, Mark. he'll remain unnamed. I lo- I, he's, he's, he's my fa- one of my like two favorite cousins. Um, but he was a real narc at that birthday party because he was like, ooh, parental advisory sticker. Mom and dad, watch out. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Actually, I didn't even know what the parental advisory sticker was either. So I, I didn't know that he was narking on me. But yeah, my, my dad confiscated it. And then like a day or two later, I was like, so can I have that CD back? And he was like, you can have it back in pieces. And I was like, oh, no. Ooh, I, I don't think he, he didn't actually end up breaking. I think he, he just made me return it. Um. Yeah, Aww. but but my parents were very vigilant about that from then on. I, I remember going to a Tower Records to um, listen to a couple of things that I wanted to ask for for Christmas. I think like a short while after that, and uh, one of the one of the CDs that I sampled, of course, was Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping. And my mom, I I think I distinctly remember my mom saying, "Does this have a parental advisory sticker?" And it did not. Um, yeah. So, no, mom. This is wholesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I was pretty lucky in that I, I grew up in an area where um, independent record stores were pretty prevalent um, and seemed to, again, be be relatively prevalent based on the the uh, um, the search I did earlier today. But um, I was lucky enough to stumble on a uh, uh, an article from my my hometown's daily newspaper called the daily breeze an article entitled not too long ago record stores dotted the south bay retail landscape um because i literally could not remember one of the names of the stores and it's called go boy records which like should be emblazoned in my brain but yeah go boy records and offbeat uh that's off stroke beat records um uh were the two the two mainstays and 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 this article backs that up in, in, in saying that they specialized in like punk and, 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 you know, more alternative genres of music. Um, they actually both closed in 2006, according to this, um, article when, um, as they put it, the, the bottom dropped out of the CD retail market. I think that's when, mm-hmm. you know, when digital really started to make a, a play. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> off, offbeat specifically was one of those records. It, it was like a movie record store where you would go in and most of the employees you know, their demeanor ranged from brusque to rude. Um, and you really had to know what you were going in for, or at least pretend that you, you knew what you were doing. Um, because you know, if you asked the wrong questions, you, you were probably getting laughed out of there or at least chastised in some way. Um, but yeah, they offbeat specifically had a really good, you know, circular rack of, of black punk t-shirts and, uh, and, a, and a really decent selection. I actually remember becoming aware of cat power probably a decade before I ever listened to her because her tab was right next, next to catch 22, which was a ska band that I used to listen to. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I have a lot of fond memories of just loitering in that place and not having a, a you know, a dime to my name, but just looking at all the stuff. Ooh. Ooh, she's a bright one today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, those record stores, you know, sometimes just, you know, ran out of stock or things. So I, I would end up buying a lot from, 
um, to video rental places that or did like video rentals and like CD retail. Um, one was the warehouse and the warehouse is where you would go to get all your used CDs. I mean, you could get CDs for like a couple bucks, you know, used at this place. It was just, it was this huge, huge store. Um, and then, uh, um, uh, tower records also, um, not, not the like famous Hollywood tower records. There was one nearest to my hometown. Um, which is uh, when I got my first credit card, basically exclusively where I spent money um, and then did not pay my credit card bills because I was like 19. And I was like, it's it's like not real money. You just do it and then it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the reason that I asked about about your, your parents with the parental advisory thing is because I, I have this vivid memory of going to buy Blink-182's Dude Ranch at a Best Buy with my mom and having to like, angle the cd like in 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 terms of how i held it so that she couldn't see that on the album cover were two very detailed bull testicles because I, I don't know if we remember this album cover but it was like it was like a, a bull shot from behind with like like almost like a fish angle a, 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 a fish eye lens so that the mm-hmm. like the stuff in the foreground was really huge and this bull's ass was really huge and you know, like I said, these two testicles were rendered in very high detail. Um, and somehow I, 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 I got it home without, without those bull testicles being, being spied, um, and squirreled it away into a CD wallet somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Jillian, how yeah. did you get music? Where I grew up, there were a lot of good record stores. Um, and, uh, one specifically was called Record Time, which was a really, really good record store and had a lot of vinyl and lots of used CDs, which were, you know, the big thing back then. Um, and it was around for a really long time. It was around from 1983 till about 2011. Um, and the biggest location was in Roseville, which is like a, a town that's like close to my hometown. Um and I remember when they were going out of business, my sister actually drove us there and I got like a certain allowance of money. My sister was so good to me. Um, she'd be like, here's like, you know, $15 and you can get like anything for like 15 bucks, um, which in UCD world, like with a UCD place that was like going out of business, and, I got so much. And taking into I account mean, inflation, that was like $500. I know. <laughs> um, so got a lot of stuff there and... That, that would probably be like my main spot to get CDs and records and stuff back in the day. But there's also a place um, down the road from it called Hot Hits, um, which was much more niche, hmm. not as big. And you definitely felt really intimidated walking in there, um, but you really couldn't tell why, you know. I just always went to record time because that's like the place that I went to all the time with my sister. But I had a friend that wanted something she couldn't find it at record time so she was like oh let's go to hot hits and it was um one of the like the weekend of the gathering of the jugglos um and the (laughs) icp is from um metro detroit i believe so like i think the gathering of the jugglos at least happens somewhere in detroit if not it was just that year um but there was some specific kind of like signing or some kind of limited edition merch item that was at Hot Hits, I think. Um, Or I think they just carried a bunch of Juggalo shit and everyone that was there 
just like wanted to get stuff, but we walked in there and I was very underdressed, if you can imagine. <laughs> Both in the face and on the body, I assume. Mostly on the face. <laughs> I forgot to wear my face paint that day, and you know what? That's on me. Um, but I just. I mean, some to... people are jugglers. Some people are jugglers for life. Yeah. Yeah. And 24 7. It's hard to distinguish. I did have a Fago with me, so that was like, no, it touched me. So, that was going to be my question. Did they offer you Fago, but you brought your own? So you can't you they, much of a trait. They Everyone offered her Fago, but only sprayed in her face. Yeah. Which is something I, was, apparently they do at those things. Right? Yeah, at those shows, they like spray Fago at the end. Like, I don't know. There's all this lore around Fago in Detroit. Like, um, mm-hmm. in our last episode, I mentioned this place called the Garden Bowl. Um and like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend worked there. And um, I think I'm pretty sure it's at the Garden Bowl, if not another like bar in Detroit. And who is that fucking director? Inglorious Bastards. Tarantino? Who directed Tarantino? Tarantino was in Detroit for whatever reason. And like asked for some kind of drink or maybe a cocktail like had like bago in it to be fun because a lot of places do that um and this cocktail had rock and rye in it which is a fago flavor Mm. and apparently he wrote on a napkin like rock and rye like the name of my next film or something like that which like why would tarantino write that on a napkin but that got around. There are like three people that told me that story, Oy and I was vey. like, "Okay, we'll see." Oy vey. Yeah, there's there's probably an excess of mythology around Fago, and there's definitely an excess of mythology around Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So those those were the big ones, and then um, I was in high school when MySpace was big, so that was like the start of being able to listen to music on the computer mm-hmm. when you needed to. But I definitely remember my crush in high school carrying around like one of those um, CD like travel cases from class to class. And I was like, oh, okay, we still had CDs and we're using like portable CD players for at least my freshman year of high school. For sure. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So Mm -hmm. I, I was I swam and played water polo in high school. And when we would go to away games, it would it would be you know, gym bags filled with nothing. Cause we wore speedos and, yeah. and then, and then gigantic, like two fifty five hundred 500 capacity CD wallets, the bigger, the better it, that, that was our pissing contest is like who had the largest CD case. And we, it would, we'd just be trading CDs and, and, Oh, oh it was, it was the, the halcyon days of sharpied on designs to burned you know, like either mix CDs or burn CDs. Yep. Um, yeah. Just, Oh, such simple, pure days. <laughs> I think, I think I got my iPad, my iPod mini. You don't hear that anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, iPod mini. I think my sophomore year of high school is silver. My mom had a neon green one. Um, but anyway, we had iTunes on the family computer and I remember, so I didn't have any CDs that had the parental warning on it, but because all of my friends had those CDs, they'd be like, here, like take this home and load it into your iTunes and you can put it on your iPod. Um, God, that's really hard for me to say. (laughs) Um, 
But one of my friends gave me, do you guys remember MSI, Mindless Self-Indulgence? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I had one of those CDs and I put it on there and I remember renaming all of the names of the songs in iTunes so that my parents didn't see like the bad words and stuff on oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like, could you imagine going in and like redoing, like making up your own song titles? Oh, Jillian, <laughs> can I imagine it? Okay. So they were called ID4. So work. They were called ID4 tags. It, it, it was it was the metadata that like an MP3 player or whatever would read to give you like the mm -hmm. the display, and I was obsessive about organizing those things. I, I I would I would make sure that each track would say one of twelve, two of twelve, three of twelve. I would make sure yeah. that the album title was was title case correctly across the whole thing. Wow. I, I was I was compulsive and obsessive about about that information um and and, and again we, we don't want to spoil too much of this conversation but it was because yeah. i had been burned quite a few times by downloading a track that i thought was one thing but was just mislabeled on the file sharing network for some reason oh. so i would download a song that i thought was re by real big fish but no it's less than jake who are these people that don't know the <laughs> difference between real big fish and less than jake come on yeah amateur yeah. hour um but yeah, that is a conversation for another time. And mm -hmm. I think we've I think we've done our our diligence here. Um, thank you guys for thank you people for coming and sharing your stories with me today. It's been wonderful. Okay. And uh, listener, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of uh, DYBE Singles. Uh, until next time, I've been Julian. That's been Jillian. That's been Mike. We've all been wonderful. <laughs> Leave us a five star review uh, and have yourself a nice afternoon, morning, evening. Uh, until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.